This is day 72 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 1 Chronicles chapters 18 through 22. Lord Heavenly Father, you are our master. You are God. You are sovereign over all creation. But yet, you have given us the right to be your children. You are our Father above all things. We are heirs of your promise. We are inheritors of your eternal blessings. You have taken us from being your slaves to being your sons and daughters. We just thank you for that privilege, Lord, and that we can understand that better. And in light of that, that we would pursue you with all effort and with all righteousness, Lord, that we would just do everything and surrender all into your name. Please bless this time as we enter into your word, that you would bless us through it, as well as to enlighten us through your truth. Please give us peace at this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now after this, it came about that David defeated the Philistines and subdued them, and took Gath and its towns from the hands of the Philistines. He defeated Moab, and the Moabites became servants to David, bringing tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, king of Zobah, as far as Hamath, as he went to establish his rule to the Euphrates River. David took from him 1,000 chariots and 7,000 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers, and David hamstrung all the chariot horses, but reserved enough of them for 100 chariots. When the Aramaeans of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 men of the Aramaeans. Then David put garrisons among the Aramaeans of Damascus, and the Aramaeans became servants to David, and the Aramaeans brought him tribute. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. David took the shields of gold which were carried by the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. Also from Tibhath and from Kun, cities of Hadadezer, David took a very large amount of bronze, with which Solomon made the bronze sea and the pillars and the bronze utensils. Now when Toh, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated all the army of Hadadezer, king of Zobah, he sent Hadoram, his son, to King David to greet him and to bless him, because he had fought against Hadadezer and had defeated him. For Hadadezer had been at war with Toh. And Hadoram brought all kinds of articles of gold and silver and bronze. King David also dedicated these to the Lord with the silver and the gold which he had carried away from all the nations, from Edom, Moab, the sons of Ammon, the Philistines, and from Amalek. Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, defeated 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Then he put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became servants to David. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and he administered justice and righteousness for all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the army, 
and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder, and Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Abimelech, the son of Abiathar, were priests, and Shavshah was secretary. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And the sons of David were chiefs at the king's side. Now it came about after this that Nahash, the king of the sons of Ammon, died, and his son became king in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to console him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the sons of Ammon to Hanun to console him. But the princes of the sons of Ammon said to Hanun, Do you think that David is honoring your father, and that he has sent comforters to you? Have not his servants come to you to search, and to overthrow, and to spy out the land? So Hanun took David's servants and shaved them, and cut off their garments in the middle as far as their hips, and sent them away. Then certain persons went and told David about the men, and he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly humiliated. And the king said, Stay at Jericho until your beards grow, and then return. When the sons of Ammon saw that they had made themselves odious to David, Hanun and the sons of Ammon sent one thousand talents of silver to hire for themselves chariots and horsemen from Mesopotamia, from Aram Meaka and from Zobah. So they hired for themselves thirty-two thousand chariots, and the king of Meaka and his people, who came and camped before Mediba. And the sons of Ammon gathered together from their cities and came to battle. When David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army, the mighty men. The sons of Ammon came out and drew up in battle array at the entrance of the city, and the kings who had come were by themselves in the field. Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him in front and in the rear, he selected from all the choice men of Israel, and they arrayed themselves against the Aramaeans. But the remainder of the people he placed in the hand of Abishai his brother, and they arrayed themselves against the sons of Ammon. He said, If the Aramaeans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the sons of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will help you. Be strong, and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near to the battle against the Aramaeans, and they fled before him. When the sons of Ammon saw that the Aramaeans fled, they also fled before Abishai his brother and entered the city. Then Joab came to Jerusalem. When the Aramaeans saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers and brought out the Aramaeans who were beyond the river, with Shophath, the commander of the army of Hadadezer, leading them. When it was told David, he gathered all Israel together and crossed the Jordan, 
and came upon them and drew up in formation against them. And when David drew up in battle array against the Arameans, they fought against him. The Arameans fled before Israel, and David killed of the Arameans 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, and put to death Shophach, the commander of the army. So when the servants of Hadadezer saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and served him. Thus the Arameans were not willing to help the sons of Ammon any more. Then it happened in the spring, at the time when kings go out to battle, that Joab led out the army and ravaged the land of the sons of Ammon, and came and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem, and Joab struck Rabbah and overthrew it. David took the crown of their king from his head, and he found it to weigh a talent of gold. And there was a precious stone in it, and it was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city, a very great amount. He brought out the people who were in it, and cut them with saws, and with sharp instruments, and with axes. And thus David did to all the cities of the sons of Ammon. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Now it came about after this that war broke out at Gezer with the Philistines. Then Sibachai the Hushathite killed Sipai, one of the descendants of the giants, and they were subdued. And there was war with the Philistines again, and Elhanan the son of Jair killed Lami, the brother of Goliath the Gittite the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Again, there was war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had twenty-four fingers and toes, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, and he also was descended from the giants. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These were descended from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and to the princes of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring me word that I may know their number. Joab said, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. But, my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why does my lord seek this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt to Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Joab gave the number of the census of all the people to David. And all Israel were one million one hundred thousand men who drew the sword. And Judah was four hundred and seventy thousand men who drew the sword. But he did not number Levi and Benjamin among them.
for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. God was displeased with this thing, so he struck Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly in that I have done this thing. But now please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. The Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and speak to David, saying, Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Take for yourself either three years of famine, or three months to be swept away before your foes, while the sword of your enemy overtakes you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, even pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now therefore, consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are very great. But do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel. Seventy thousand men of Israel fell. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was about to destroy it, the Lord saw and was sorry over the calamity, and said to the destroying angel, It is enough. Now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Then David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, with his drawn sword in his hand, stretched over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, covered with sackcloth, fell on their faces. David said to God, Is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who has sinned and done very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? O Lord my God, please let your hand be against me and my father's household, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he spoke in the name of the Lord. Now Ornan turned back and saw the angel, and his four sons who were with him hid themselves, and Ornan was threshing wheat. As David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David, and went out from the threshing floor and prostrated himself before David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Give me the sight of this threshing floor, that I may build on it an altar to the Lord. For the full price you shall give it to me, that the plague may be restrained from the people. Ornan said to David, Take it for yourself. And let my lord the king do what is good in his sight. See, I will give the oxen for burnt offerings, and the threshing sledges for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. 
I will give it all. But King David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, or offer a burnt offering which cost me nothing. So David gave Ornan six hundred shekels of gold by weight for the site. Then David built an altar to the Lord there, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called to the Lord, and he answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. The Lord commanded the angel, and he put his sword back in his sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, he offered sacrifice there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering, were in the high place at Gibeon at that time. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was terrified by the sword of the angel of the Lord. Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to gather the foreigners who were in the land of Israel, and he set stone cutters to hew out stones to build the house of God. David prepared large quantities of iron to make the nails for the doors of the gates and for the clamps, and more bronze than could be weighed, and timbers of cedar logs beyond count, for the Sidonians and Tyrians brought large quantities of cedar timber to David. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord shall be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all lands. Therefore now I will make preparation for it. So David made ample preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon, and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had intended to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have waged many wars. You shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood on the earth before me. Behold, a son will be born to you, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side, for his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, that you may be successful, and build the house of the Lord your God, just as he has spoken concerning you. Only the Lord give you discretion and understanding, and give you charge over Israel, so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper, if you are careful to observe the statutes and the ordinances which the Lord commanded Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and courageous. 
Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now behold, with great pains I have prepared for the house of the Lord one hundred thousand talents of gold and one million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond weight, for they are in great quantity. Also timber and stone I have prepared, and you may add to them. Moreover, there are many workmen with you, stonecutters and masons of stone and carpenters, and all men who are skillful in every kind of work. Of the gold, the silver, and the bronze, and the iron, there is no limit. Arise and work, and may the Lord be with you. David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build the sanctuary of the Lord God, so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Right, so another short, yet very fascinating read. So chapter 18 is a record of David's wars that he fought, as well as through chapters 19 and 20. You see the same kind of theme here about all the wars that he fought. Just more details about those wars in general, but what I wanted to do today was focus on what was talked about in chapters 21 and 22. So we saw in 2 Samuel that David wanted to do a census. And we saw that Joab was like, oh no, why? Why, David? You don't need to do this. Why, why, why do you want to do this? It, we didn't really understand why David wanted to do this. We thought, you know, he just wanted to be... He was either, you know, puffed up with pride or he wanted to just have an accurate record. We didn't really know the backdrop. We didn't understand the intentions of why he did it. But again, this is the spiritual side of what we read already. So we see right here that it said that Satan stood up and moved David to number Israel. So Satan put that temptation into David's heart to puff him up with pride, and God allowed it. God allowed Satan to prompt David for the census. And since David insisted on doing it, you know, Joab tried to stop him. And, because, and Joab was right in doing that. In fact, it's actually in the law of Moses that you're not supposed to take a census of the people just for prideful gain. So as we recall from 2 Samuel, it took Joab almost a year, a little over 10 months, to do this entire census because he had to travel the entire land of Israel, which is not easy to do. Remember, this is back in the day where there were no cars and everything was either done on you know, an animal of burden, like a donkey, or on foot. So this was a big job. And not only did Joab seem like he didn't want to do it, but 
it was also against the law of Moses. We also see that David relied on numbers rather than on God in this case. So as we've seen, David is a man who has his ups and he has his downs, like we all do. But again, as a leader, you see this reoccurring theme that a leader, whether it's a leader in the home, whether in the workplace, whether at church, the sin of leaders affects a lot of people. It is not just a secret personal sin between you and God. Sometimes it affects many people. Sometimes even thousands of people, millions of people, if you look at it from a national scale. That's a big deal. That's why God calls us to be righteous in his eyes and to consult his wisdom in these matters because it's bigger than us. It really is. It's bigger than us and God because our decisions affect people around us. And that should be reason for caution in making sound decisions that honor the Lord beyond just doing what we think is right because what we do could adversely affect others. And we didn't see this the last time, but Joab did get the number back, which is different from what we see in 2 Samuel. Because in 2 Samuel, it said that it was 800,000 men of Israel. It didn't show all of the 1,100,000 last time. And we didn't see 470,000 men from Judah either. But there has to be a reason for it, right? There is a reasonable explanation for things. Now, what I thought was interesting as well is that Joab, and this wasn't mentioned last time, but Joab did not number Levi and Benjamin because he was because Joab was upset with David. And he did that on purpose to get back at David. He didn't number Benjamin and Levi just because he didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting detail to note here. And the rest of this looks very familiar, right? Because we have this very unique situation where through the prophet Gad, God gave him three choices to make. Three years of famine, three months of being conquered by enemies, or three days of pestilence. And we see the heart of David here that he's like, I'm at the mercy of the Lord. And so he chose the wisest option while it was still devastating, no doubt. I mean, 70,000 people died, right? But it only took three days rather than drawing it out and making the people suffer even greater numbers. And I love this. And this is the posture that we should have as well, really is when they came to the Lord covered in sackcloth and they fell on their faces. And David said to God, and this is the one that it really gets me, and this is where I want to keep this verse in mind personally as a leader in my life. You know, because at church, at work, and in my home, I am a leader. And I want to make sure that I honor the Lord properly because, like I said, my sin can affect others. Look what it says. Lord, is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who has sinned and done very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? O oh Lord my God, please let the hand be against me, but not against your people. 
So you see that his heart is repentant. You see that he is sorry for what he did. But not only that, but he realizes that I messed up big time because what I did affected everyone. And then we come to the same story here where David is off building an altar to the Lord on this threshing floor, but the name of the guy is different. In 2 Samuel, his name was Arana, but here it's Ornan. The reason why it's different is because it's a different language. So one was in Hebrew, and then the other one was in Aramaic. And so that's why there's different names here, but it's the same guy. So he built the altar, and he paid for it full price. And then what we see here is very interesting, because after he makes this offering to the Lord, and the angel is told to stand down by God, we see God's reaction to it. We see the Lord sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as he was about to destroy it, the Lord saw and was sorry over the calamity and said, it's enough. I thought that was a very interesting detail. Not that God made a mistake or that God was about to make a mistake. Because we've got to be careful how the English makes it look here, right? Because it makes it sound like he's apologizing for something. God doesn't have to apologize. He's sovereign over his creation. But what he's saying here is you see his compassion. He's like, you know what? I did inflict this pestilence on these people in my judgment and in my wrath. But I have compassion on Jerusalem. It's a special place to me. I put my name there. I will spare them. That's, you see, his grace and his mercy here, his compassion. He didn't want to do this, but he has to exact his judgment. His justice must be fulfilled. And what's interesting is we see at the beginning of verse 22 that when David built that little altar on the threshing floor of Ornan, that he recognized, he's like, this is the house of the Lord God. This, I wanted to build God a house? I have an idea. This is the location where I'm going to do it. We see that realization that this is the land where I'm going to do it. But God told me I can't do it, right? So I'm going to do as much as I can to make it for my son to be able to do it. So you see all the preparation that he did. He made everything for him. He basically just gave him the entire kits, if you will, to build the temple in its entirety. I mean, you see so much stuff that he built for him. And then he commissioned Solomon to do it. And did you see how much stuff he had? 100,000 talents of gold, which is the equivalent of about 3,700 tons. One million talents of silver. 37,000 tons, or 1.2 billion ounces of silver. That is an exorbitant amount of, of, of precious metal. And of course it says bronze and iron beyond weight, and timber and stone uh, that have been prepared for him. 
of the gold, silver, and bronze, and the iron. There is no limit. How amazing is that? Amazing amounts. I can't even fathom what that looks like, honestly. That is a lot of resources. He is going to be commissioned for it. So we know this because we've already read First Kings, but we see that Solomon is going to build this house and how good it is. So it seemed like we were going to end it right here, but you're going to see in the rest of First Chronicles that we go back a little bit in time to different parts of David's life and during his reign. So we're not quite done with David yet, but chronologically, this is going to be the end of his life. And then, but it's not going to, we're not going to actually see his death until the end of the book, which is in chapter 29. So we have a couple more days left with David before we conclude his reign. But it's going to jump around a little bit chronologically, so just not to get confused here. So we're going to go into some more names. Bear with me in the next couple of days, as well as some more historical context. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.